Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Prep Life Podcast. This is your founder and CEO of Glam Girl Bikini, Amy Anger, today with my fabulous co-host. Hey, guys. This is Chris Nicole, Glam Girl Bikini Coach and IFBB Bikini Pro. So we gave you part one last week of Turning Pro, Tap Your Inner mm-hmm. Power and Create Your Life's Work by Stephen Pressfield. And we are on part two today. So we are just going to take a deeper dive into the connection part of how we can apply this book to the prep life and giving you some real life examples. Uh, We just didn't feel like the 30 minutes was enough. We kind of just touched the tip of what the Mm -hmm. book was about and we kind of wanted to have some more applicable ideas. Um, Was there anything that you wanted to update our audience on in your last seven days, Chris? Um, I don't think there's been anything extraordinary. Um, just doing my normal coaching, getting some clients ready for some local shows and preparing other ones for nationals. So I think it's just the um, we're approaching the the busiest part of the season. Um, so I've just been carried away with that. Honestly, <laughs> I did visit my parents. I guess I should uh, give, give some credit to visiting my parents in Pennsylvania. Um, but besides that, it's just been very busy with work. Yeah. How about for you? Yeah. I feel like we have, uh, new people in peak week every week. Uh, this last weekend we had, um, Brittany had her first client on stage and she won the true novice and the novice overall. And it was her first time competing Mm. and you've got somebody in peak week and Drea has somebody in peak week. And the next weekend I have, two people in peak week and uh, so does coach Jamie. So it's just pretty much every weekend from now until (laughs) the fall, it's going to be either a national show or a regional show that will be, um, you know, getting these unicorns on stage. So yeah, it's been, it's been pretty exciting and I'm excited for the summer. It should be action packed. Absolutely. I think that's a great way to describe it. It has been exciting already and I just feel like the momentum's just starting. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so we talked about the basically characteristics of a professional. And so if you missed part one, a brief overview is the amateur. We kind of gave how an amateur looks like in a professional career. And um, I gave the example Mm -hmm. of when I was a teacher and I was kind of halfway in the industry coaching athletes here and there. And then when I decided to go pro, I decided to start the company, Glam Girl. And Mm -hmm. um, Chris was just talking about kind of the, you know, the application of MPC to IFBB professional. And so we just wanted to kind of go through some of these characteristics of the professional as it applies to the prep prep life in general. So um, one of the first characteristics of a professional is to be patient and... Mm. For prep lifers, I feel like this is the most, it's, we live in such a instant gratification type of society where we want things immediately, results to happen, and that's a very amateur way of thinking. So the professional knows that it takes time to build muscle and to lose body fat in the right way. So, I mean, when we get on those first time calls, when I kind of uh, reverse engineer someone's goal, if they have a lot mm-hmm. of weight to lose. We really talk about that timeline being realistic um, and the amount of time that it's really going to take if we're going to try to preserve as much muscle as possible 
and Mm -hmm. uh, lose body fat, you know, in the right way so that it's a sustainable process. So patience is definitely key there. Yeah. And I think just to piggyback off of that, um, I would say, yes, I notice the expectations versus a veteran competitor and a new competitor are very, very different. And it always, um, it helps me understand, um, where, like how to explain to people what to, what their expectations should be. So a lot of, you know, coaching is educating. And, um, I definitely, you know, I talked about it in the last podcast that I gave Amy 12 weeks and that's what I expected. So I think like the more you're in the sport, you're right. Like knowing how your body is going to change and how much time it's going to take, you become more accustomed to the longer you've been in it. And I also think being patient with the expectation of knowing that your body is not going to be perfect. I think some people, they want to stay in, you know, an improvement season phase for a very, very long time because they, they want to make sure that when they get up on stage that they, they look like an Olympian on stage and they're just starting off. So I think it's important to like have a coach that will be able to walk you through the process and know that like each time you go through a prep or you go on stage, it's a different layer or stepping stone into creating that ultimate physique um, that you're looking for. Yeah. And you're not the only one that did the 12 week preps. I mean, that was, yeah. that was my first packet that I got, right? I got 12 week <laughs> packet. Um, I was a teacher, yeah. like I had mentioned, you know, when I was yes. first starting out during my first show. So what I would do is like at the end of the school year, I would pick a show in late July and I would prep for that. And so I yeah. would start my 12 weeks, you know, and then, um, try to prepare for that. And it was just, it's one of those things that now, I mean, a six month prep seems like a short amount of time for me. Yes. Anyway. Yeah. That's very well said. Yeah. All right. Do you um, take the next one? Yes. Okay. So the next one is seeking order. So a professional is um, really reliant on a regiment that's set over time. So you're looking at uh, certain habitual patterns that are consistent each week. So like meal prepping, um, being on target with your nutrition goals, setting a schedule for your workouts and your recovery time, and then also being pretty uh, regimented with a sleep schedule as well, because we all know recovery and that time in uh, deep sleep is very important for all kinds of things, hypertrophy, gut health, all the things that are combined to make the optimal athlete. Yeah. And I think when you're first starting out, it's hard to, it's a really hard adjustment period because there's so many thing, new things and new habits that you're having to develop, and there's only so much time in the day. So an amateur yeah. really flies by the seat of their pants, um, mm-hmm. you know, especially I know like with meal prep and things like that, you can run into trouble and basically mm-hmm. run out of food or uh, you just yes. didn't come prepared to that family event with your cooler, Yeah, whatever it is, uh, maybe you ran out of time because you didn't really schedule a specific block for your cardio and you ended up mm-hmm. getting wrapped up with work and it went over time. So you had to skip that session. Um, and just, I mean, for me, I, 
I have a weekly massage that I do just because body work, we beat yeah. our bodies up and that yes. was something that I never even did at all for like years. And I know it is costly, mm-hmm. but it's, it's definitely mm-hmm. one of those things that's made me perform better as an athlete when I, um, and then I, I never used to foam roll. I didn't even own a foam roller. Now I do it mm-hmm. every night. I mean, there's just so many things that change over time, but it's a lot of, yeah. it's a lot of changes. So you just can't jump into it and just change all of the things. So I right. think all of us kind of have to go through that amateur phase um, in the prep yeah. life to, to eventually get to the pro pro level. So the next one is demystifies. And I just feel like professionals are just real people and they fail. They just take those losses as learning experiences. So they always say like Edison, however many he had 10,000 mistakes or whatever it was. Um, I just think that Mm -hmm. they bounce back a lot faster and they probably have more mistakes than somebody that isn't successful it's just that they just keep going and don't stop is what the difference is between an amateur and a professional uh how do you equate that to um your prep life sure so i think one thing for me was my perspective on failure um because i did i viewed like pros and i still fall into this trap where you know, you have the top tier athletes, they are like, enjoying prep, they are not suffering, they look beautiful, they're social, like all the things are together. Um, like from what's portrayed on social media, or what what you're allowed to see on YouTube, you know, there are some that are a little bit more candid, but when you're like, really struggling, like you're tired, and you're, you're worn out, and I don't feel like putting on my makeup and those types of things. I start wondering like, how are these women doing this? Like these back-to-back shows all the time and they're doing all of these social events and they, they look fantastic. And I think that can start getting into your head. Um, But realizing that everybody, no one's going through this like seamlessly with no issues. Um, It's just a matter of what they're choosing to, to share with you. And I would honestly get so nervous when I would send my check-ins, no matter what season I would be in, Um, improvement season, dieting season, I would get so nervous because I was getting anxiety about the critique because I was focused so much on being perfect. Like, okay, I'm sending in like a perfect check-in this time. My physique is perfect. When that's not what the sport is about. Like you're actually hiring a coach to find flaws because that's their job they're trying to find like what are the small things that we're not seeing so that you're getting on stage as optimal as possible and I think that one of the biggest things for me too was like stepping on stage was like the goal is to get as high of as a placement as possible where I've started to shift my mentality and my goal is to go get feedback like the the, the placement is bonus but my goal is to just stay in my lane about you know refining the process and I want the judges feedback so I know what I need to continue to work on so I think it's just a shift in mentality where you can look at those losses as beneficial or the imperfections as good things versus taking it personal and just feeling like you're you're not good enough if that makes sense 
Yeah, absolutely. Do you want to do the next one? Sure. The next one is acting in the face of fear. So for a pro, when they get on stage, they have a very relaxed and confident persona. Um, no matter how nervous you may be, it's the ability to be able to present yourself um, with utmost confidence and, uh, you know, just being looking like you're really enjoying the moment. I think that's that's something that's learned over time as well. And um, it's, you know, I think consistent stage time, it's being on top of your posing and it's just being the longer that you're in the, the grind of, of prep and, and stepping on stage that you start to develop that as well. Yep. The next one is accepts no excuses. And I hear this a lot and I know that I made these excuses when I was uh, in my younger years of competing, just things like vacation, birthday parties, uh, kid food being around, food at work, all these different things that we allow ourselves to have as excuses for going off plan and these temptations that really don't serve our goals. And we need to make sure that we're kind of reframing our mindset when it comes to these situations because there's always going to be a holiday there's always going to be a birthday party yes. and things like that and how you choose to handle that situation if you look at it like an opportunity to enjoy uh, people's company and maybe make healthy choices while you're going out to a restaurant and tracking that and factoring in your macros or you're packing your food and bringing it to a celebration or making a plan on vacation to, you know, stay on your macros and stick to your meal plan, whatever that may be. I think it's important mm -hmm. to not lose sight of that and not allow yourself to just make those excuses. Um, definitely people that are green. I, I see that a lot in coaching where yeah. they just, they talk about how, well, you know, it was my birthday, so I did this and that. And I mean, that's, that's an amateur move. <laughs> sure. So. Yeah, absolutely. And I know a lot of people get anxiety when these events start coming up, like ones that are very, like, they like the, I mean, I think we all like the normalcy, the less stress of like being, having to choose and social situations, but it can create anxiety. And I try to encourage people that it's actually a really great opportunity because it's teaching you how to live the prep life in these situations because they're never going away you're going to want to participate in vacations and parties um, but knowing how to navigate them like you said with with you know especially being new it's a it's it's good like talk to your coach have a plan if you mess up don't freak out but just know that the more that you refine that process and and make the habitual like good patterns the more it becomes second nature and also people know what to expect from you they're like okay she's committed to this lifestyle this is what she does and um i think that just takes some time as well too yeah it definitely gets they have to get used to your loved ones have to get used to the lifestyle yes as well. absolutely yeah Okay, so the next one is play it as it lays. So don't let, you're not letting the uncontrollable control you. So I think sometimes, um, especially for 
you know, people, athletes in this sport, we're control, we're trying to control a lot of variables, our sleep, our exercise, our stress, our water, our nutrition, like, and sometimes life throws you a curveball, and you can prepare as much as you can. And sometimes you're just, you, you have limited options. So, um, a lot of times I can relate to this to like, you know, maybe getting your menstrual cycle on peak week or on show day, like you can't control those things. So I think instead of letting that derail your mentality, thinking about like focusing on what you can control and not worrying about what you can't. Um, and a lot of it is like reframing the, the problem and not giving up on on the process so just like finishing what you started you know putting your best foot forward not throwing in the towel like those are all huge victories even if things are not going completely seamlessly because there's stuff out of your control yep okay so another professional characteristic is do not show they do not show off so people that brag on social media and post all the time about all of their success and things like that, I think is a very amateur move. And I think on social media, it's important that we provide value, inspiration, and education. So it's okay to talk about your victories and things Mm -hmm. like that, because that does provide a lot of inspiration, you know, a transformation or uh, a really great placement at a show is a wonderful thing to show people, you know, that the average person, you can do this too. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm an average person. Um, I just feel like, uh, you know, the ones that go on and on, I just, it's definitely not something that is a professional move. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I, and I think that's one thing that, um, uh, I don't know. I just think if you are, really as good as you say you are, you're spending more time putting in the work than chatting too much on social media or having to self-proclaim your achieve, you know, what you're, what you've achieved, what you're going to achieve. And like Amy said, like, I'm not downing anybody that's made some great strides. I think people deserve to be celebrated, but something that I try and think of when I'm writing a post is like, what, with what I'm saying, how am I helping someone else out? So I try and make at least something relatable in there. Like Amy said, where you're, you know, I'm an average person and and I was able to achieve X, Y, and Z. Like, I think it's a matter of like the tone and how you come across um, that can make the difference between like looking arrogant versus looking confident. And I do think that this community is a wonderful one. And being able to just like share with each other in this strange experience is something very special. So um, staying within that realm is is great. Um, okay, so the next one is dedicating herself to mastering technique, um, finding many teachers. So actually, Amy, I think you have a really good example for this one. Would you mind sharing? Yeah, I just... I, you probably know from listening listeners that I tend to struggle with the posing aspects of prep. So I've just over the years hired a lot of different posing coaches, um, just really, you know, to target that weak area of mine. And it's something that I need an extra push in 
making myself practice it. So I know that for the accountability of being able to do that daily, I need to make sure that I'm hiring posing coaches so that I'm actually factoring that into a schedule, um, into some sort of regimen so that I'm, I'm working on it and learning new skills in that area. Um, I don't have trouble with motivation for working out. And I know a lot of people <laughs> do struggle with that. So they hire a personal yeah. trainer. I mean, I have people that use, utilize me as their online coach, but they also have a personal trainer to push them yes. in person because there's, you know, it's a niche. It's a very small community. Um, it's very specialized area. I was just talking to a lady today at the gym about this. She's like, you know, I, it's good to know you because she's like, I'm a personal trainer, but I don't know anything about bikini competition. So mm-hmm. she's like specifically, you know, I would send somebody to you to get like what they actually need to be a bikini person. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I would send them to you so that you could push them yeah. or watch their form or their technique, but following my plan, you know, um, it's, yes. it's something that you need to make sure that, that you are mastering whatever that technique is that you need for uh, becoming pro that you are really staying dedicated to that. Yeah, that's great. All right. Does not hesitate to ask for help. So I think that this can come in many forms in the prep life. Um, One example would be, you know, outsourcing something like therapy. If you have an eating disorder, um, Mm -hmm. if you have some sort of chronic, um, you know, joint or muscular problem, maybe you go to a chiropractor, but Mm -hmm. just making sure that you're, you know, making sure you're allocating resources to different spots where you need uh, help. So I always think it's really smart to um, hire what your weaknesses are, especially as like a business owner, you know, Mm -hmm. I have my strengths, but then I need to hire out my weaknesses because there's parts where I'm not very good about certain parts of the business. And so it's important for me to create a team of people that have strengths in other areas. Um, I really like the book Strength Finders. If I don't know if anyone's familiar with that, but it really encourages people to work within their strengths. And um, I think it's a, a really good one um, in terms of asking for help and knowing where where you don't shine is important to get somebody else to fill in there. Absolutely. Like you said, it takes a village to make a <laughs> to create a bikini competitor. Yes. Um, yeah, and, and there's no shame. I think some people, they uh, just, be, they fall into cyclical patterns where they're just struggling with the same thing over and over. And sometimes that's a good indicator that it's time to pull in a, a professional with whatever that weakness is. Um, okay. So the next point is, um, a pro does not take failure or success personally, as long as you know, you gave a hundred percent, it shouldn't matter what the outcome is. And I kind of touched on this a little bit with, you know, with check-ins and the mentality of getting on stage just for feedback. Um, I think that this, this, um, sport provides a really good pers- it provides a very good platform where you can look at your personal progression um you know you can 
you can take the perspective of I'm competing against so-and-so and I need to beat them. But I think you will always, most of the time, I think if you are, you know, dedicated to following your program, you're getting um, help where you need it. You have uh, great wisdom from a good coach. You should really see a lot of progress, like from show to show, uh, year to year. And um, I think it's just getting dedicated to the process versus like always searching for what the outcome should be. Yeah. The trophy means nothing. It's all about you versus you and uh, yeah. performing at your best and bringing an improved package every time. I totally agree. Another point is endures adversity and adversity can come in many forms in our sport. It can come in the form of an injury an illness, personal hardships, things like that. So it's just, again, it's looking at any sort of thing and just kind of reframing it as an opportunity for uh, a growth um, opportunity. Yeah. So, yes, absolutely. Cause that's, you're never going to have a situation where you don't have adversity. No one has zero issues any part of the time. Uh, but knowing how to work through those things, I think just makes you a more resilient, stronger person. And there, those moments are, are great teaching lessons as well. So the next one is reinventing. A pro reinvents herself. So with this sport, it's always changing. Um, and I think as coaches and athletes, it's important to evolve with the sport. So like staying educated on, you know, what the guidelines are with the NPC and IFBB, like whatever league you're competing in, um, watching, you know, videos, podcasts, looking at you know, shows, talking with judges, seminars. There's so many different ways to continue to stay up with the trends of the sport because from year to year, it is evolving. And being in the trenches is the best way to know how to, um, I think, bring bring the best of what they're looking for um, as a coach or an athlete. And Amy, I do want to give you a shout out. I think you do a great job with keeping up with trends, educating your coaching staff. Um, that's part of why I love being part of this Glam Girl team, because I feel like we're always being taught something and we're always given the opportunity to share with each other. And that I think just allows us to to, to really grow in, in the community. Well, thank you. Yeah, it's been really fun recently on our coaching calls. We have them every Wednesday and it's just been fun to hear everybody's different case studies with uh, peaking strategies and collaborating and yeah. every single person is so unique and individualized and every approach that we're going to take with someone's prep is going to be completely 100% different and unique. So yeah. it's fun to hear um, all the different strategies and to talk through that because, um, you know, working with one population where we're working with a specific division and specifically females, it makes it really easy to specialize because we get a lot of repetitions under our yes. belt. Um, so we become very familiar with it and we become students of the sport to a right. very high degree. So, um, and then finally, uh, just recognized by other professionals um, is one of the determining factors of whether or not you're a pro. But I think that Sid talks about this really well she she says that they're they silently work and basically like her mm -hmm. performance does the talking 
which I think yep. is super important. You don't need to shout it to the world to be recognized by people, but they should, yeah. you know, by your actions and by how much you care about other people and take care of athletes and the quality you're producing that yes. demands attraction, not because you're being braggy or self-promoting, but it's because you're exactly. doing the day-to-day -day grind of making sure the adjustments are made every single week to that person's plan, making sure they're yes. absolutely ready and being there every every step of the way. So, man, we are like almost at 30 minutes and we still have a bunch left. Uh, another few additional qualities is that they are courageous uh, professionals as a coach, just giving information on platforms that make you feel uncomfortable. I feel like mm. doing this podcast took a lot of courage, at least for me personally, it did. Oh, it's same. Outside of my comfort zone. Anytime on another video for YouTube, same thing. But <laughs> I do feel like it's important. I always get nervous too before posing seminars and like retreats and things like that. But I know it's a necessary part of that like little bit of uncomfortableness. It usually, I feel like it's well received. Um, that we are like making a difference with providing some education. So um, it's definitely worth being uncomfortable for a little bit. <laughs> I would totally agree. I have the same sentiment. Um, uh, so, okay, let's, the next one is a pro will not be distracted. So we kind of touched on this a little bit about um, just, you know, too much bragging and not enough work. Uh, so making sure that you are just putting in the reps day to day and, um, letting, you know, your recognition come from your actual works over um, your words. Yeah, I, it says in the book, it's like the amateur tweets, the pro works. And so perfect. I, whenever I see people videotaping their workouts, um, the I do as well, but it's very occasionally and it's only when my husband's recording me or like my training partner. But I feel like the people that constantly do that on a daily basis, it's, they have to be completely distracted while they're doing it because it takes oh so gosh. much time to like start and stop. My intensity would be crap if I did that. Yes. So I'm just like, I may like have a brutal workout and <laughs> it may not be shared on social media, but I think that it's more, um, it's definitely more a pro move to not try to like record every second of and yep. document every single thing. So it's like kind of like, I take a picture after my workout. So like here, here's proof yeah. that I did it. <laughs> here's my you do, you totally do. <laughs> but yes, that's it. But do. like, I'm done with the workout, you know, like I don't want to, yeah. I don't want to break up my momentum or my intensity. Um, and then do you want to take the next one? Sure. Okay. Uh, so a pro is ruthless with herself. Um, so I would say this is true. Uh, we sometimes are way harder on ourselves than anyone. Um, but I think that that can be, it can be both positive and negative. Um, if you're looking at it as ways that you can improve instead of just like beating yourself down, I think that's great. So looking for feedback on, on how to improve, being open to that, not taking it personal. Um, I know like for myself uh, as an athlete, I've shared, like I used to take you know, critique very personally and feel like, oh my gosh, there's something wrong. I'm failing when really it was a gift to me. So it was something that I could correct and improve upon next week. Yeah. I feel like I'm so hard on myself as a coach with this one, but I really 
I want feedback from people. Like if there's something that makes them unhappy, I want to know about it right away. And I know not everybody feels comfortable giving negative critiques or what they yeah. perceive as negative, but I actually, I find it to be extremely helpful because I'm always looking for ways in which I can improve and grow. Um, and mm -hmm. then as an athlete, I just think, you know, I'm the, I get in line and same with as a coach, I get in a line to talk to the judges. I mean, that's a no brainer. Yeah. Really being critical and taking it as a, a way to grow and an opportunity. So the next one yes. is live in the present. So just prioritizing the tasks that need to be done. I think I've talked about Brian Tracy's eat that frog book. So just not yeah. procrastinating and filling your time with meaningless activities and distractions. So mm -hmm. scrolling on social media are perfect examples of ways to just kind of mindlessly um, go through life. And uh, I just, I think that a lot of times I probably don't do as good of a job as like making constant posts and things like that. But I feel like I need to also make sure that I'm intensely prioritizing like my time with my clients and yes. giving them feedback and working on their programming. And then yes. if there's time left over, then yes, I will add something in on social media. Which I think is a, a sacrifice uh, as a coach because um, I do think it's easier to put out tons of like to focus primarily on educational content to the masses because it draws more attention for people to like, oh, wow, this person knows so much. I need to sign up with them. And, you know, then the, that the coach has tons and tons of clients and they're maybe not they're not investing as much time in the individual uh, prep for, you know what I'm saying? Like mm -hmm. they're concentrated on accruing a large mass of people rather than quality over a few amount of clients. Um, and I've kind of aligned my priorities similar to you, Amy, where it's like most of my day is spent with focusing on my clients and then whatever I have left over, I'll share on social media. And sometimes I have nothing left over, but um you know, to each their own, but I do like the, the quality over quantity type of approach to, to coaching. Mm -hmm. Um, okay. And let's see, uh, a pro defers gratification. So an athlete makes the sacrifices necessary that may not be a popular choice. Um, and that's one thing that I think people who are beginning sometimes struggle with because this lifestyle requires a lot. Um, it can, and it can require a lot of change, but if you, um, have aspirations to be elite, you, there's going to be some, a little bit of disconnect where you feel a little bit like you're not like everyone else, or you're not quote unquote normal. And I think that's actually a good indicator because if you, the part of being elite is not being like normal or part of the masses, it's setting yourself apart. So just making sure that you are, like Amy has mentioned already, prioritizing your time in the goals that you have set and following a, a specific protocol. The sport requires a lot from the different areas of your life, but um, that's why it's it's not for everybody. Yeah, and I think that this next one, just don't wait for inspiration, really rings true with piggybacking on what you're saying because there's so much done in the shadows where people aren't watching that can yeah. go awry and you really need to find the motivation within yourself 
to outwork your competition yes. because there are people out there that aren't like taking that extra lick of peanut butter or uh, right. slacking on not hitting their steps or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, maybe they're not pushing themselves in the gym. There's going to be so many moments where you're by yourself in the sport where you have to be intrinsically motivated to actually do the work. Yeah, that's really well said. Uh, okay. And the next one is a pro does not give her power away to others. So, um, again, whatever a judge said to you, take it with a grain of salt. Um, look at it as, you know, a gift and move forward to create uh, a better product next time around. If, um, so, uh, just not putting your self-worth on, placement on a judge's opinion on someone else's opinion um and not letting all of those hours of, of work be discredited because of something silly like that um i think there's a lot that's just having uh some confidence and some stability and knowing you did exactly what you needed to do to get where you got yeah and then a pro the last uh quality is that they help others so I think we talked about what a coach does as an athlete. I think just helping people backstage, helping your fellow competitor. I remember when you, um, at the last second, when Ashley Kay was about to go on stage, you like helped her with her connector. It was flipped over. And, <laughs> yeah. um, just things like that. Like the little things, I think they matter a lot. And then there's two yeah. different salaries that you get paid. There's your financial salary. Um, and that in this book is basically obviously money, but also like, applaud attention so those are things that amateurs seek and then there's the psychological salary and that's the feeling we get from doing the work for the sake of itself so just kind of thinking about that um you know doing the work for the sake of it because it's something you love and you enjoy absolutely uh do you mean to do developing a practice sure sure so professionals follow a practice um, and here's a quote from the book. So practice is defined as a rigorous prescribed regiment with the intention of elevating the mind and the spirit to a higher level. Um, so I think that's just not just the day-to-day -day grind of, you know, workout, eat, food prep, all of that, but also working on your mindset and your person as a whole, because we're not robots, we are human beings and having a consistent practice for for that as well and then the practice needs to have a few elements so a space so you need to have a unique space to work on your craft a time a period where you can work on your craft and an intention and that's to get better to go deeper etc and then the last and final piece of all that is just that it is lifelong and there is no finish line so it's very Yes. A testament to what prep life actually is like it is the prep life this is a lifelong um journey and so there like we were mentioning before there's no end to constant improvement there's always something that you right. can be improving yes you could be miss olympia and still need to work on something mm -hmm. so yeah none, that it's no different for any of us so um, the last point is about when resistance is really strong. So, you know, you're f faced with an obstacle. Um, some good points are to take what you can get and to stay patient. Uh, the defense may crack later in the game. So 
that's again, like staying consistent, staying under prep, not throwing in the towel, um, getting help, communicating, you know, like just being patient with the process because sometimes our bodies just take a little bit longer than we want, but it does come around with consistency. Did you, did you want to do the next one? Yeah. And then just play for tomorrow. So remember that you're in it for the long haul and one bad day isn't going to set you back and it's nothing. It's a blip in the long journey. So that sums it up. I'm sorry we went over time by 10 minutes. Hopefully we didn't (laughs) babble you to boredom. But uh, if you found this helpful, please uh, tag us on your story. You can find us on Instagram at Prep Life Podcast or at Glam Girl Bikini. We just love it when you share your number one takeaways. On part one, I saw a bunch of different um, things that people, it was interesting to see that people had different takeaways that kind of like impacted them, certain phrases or um, items that we talked about. So that's pretty cool. If you can rate, review, or give us a, I cannot talk, Uh, hit the (laughs) subscribe button. That would be amazing because um, anytime you can rate a review, it helps other people that are interested in similar topics find us. And uh, we're all about, you know, paying it forward and passing mm-hmm. it on. So if you'd like to apply for your unicorn prep and apply for the team, you can go to glamgirlbikini.com and hit the get started button. This is your founder and CEO of Glam Girl Bikini, Amy Anger, signing off with my fabulous co-host. And this is Chris Nicole, Glam Girl Bikini coach and IFBB Bikini Pro. Thanks for listening, guys.